Welcome to the first ever episode of the Human Design Profiles and Entrepreneurship Podcast. I will be your host. My name is Chantel. I'm a 1-3 manifesting generator. I'm also a workshop facilitator for service providers and the writer and publisher of Facet, a book series for every facet of your small business journey. This podcast is an active learning experiment. It's all about how we each experience entrepreneurship on an individual level and how we satisfy our desire for self-awareness, often through human design. Every episode is a profile of a business owner and human design enthusiast. In today's case, we're interviewing a human design expert, so that's going to be really fun. Each guest is here to share how their personal profile lines influence their business journey. Today, my conversation is with Christina, who is a human design guide passionate about using the system to support parents and people who desire heart-to-heart connection and a holistic understanding of self. As a 1-3 emotional generator, Christina adores sitting and connecting deeply with others, providing support and guidance from the heart. Compassionate curiosity remains at the forefront of her ethos and helps her curate a cozy and kind space for those she meets. In addition to her work in human design, Christina is a new mom, an avid traveler, a creative and unabashed horse girl. Have a listen while today's guest, Christina, a 1-3, shares her story while you read between the lines. Christina, welcome. I'm very excited to talk with you. Yay, I'm so excited to be here. I love that whole intro, especially that tagline at the end. Like, I don't know if it was like meant to be punny or like, I just love it. Okay, 100%. Like, oh, I love that. There should be a disclaimer. Every pun herein is absolutely intentional. Perfect. That's my kind of podcast. We are here chatting today about your profile line, about what it's like to be a 1-3. We can geek out as fellow 1-3s as well. Just want to give people a feel for how this show is uh, going to go. Sometimes I'll be interviewing human design experts like yourself and sometimes people more like me who are avid human design information consumers. Let's just start talking about profile first. What does 1-3 feel like for you? Yeah, well, it's so funny that you say human design expert because I think as a first line in general, but especially as a 1-3, I... I don't know if I'll ever consider myself an expert. Well, it's a big system, so that's fair. It's a big system, but also just that like that insecurity of the first line of like you just know in your body, you know, you know that you don't know everything. And so it's like I'm not an expert, but you could literally have multiple degrees and a subject and be like, oh, I'm not an expert. It's just that silly little first line insecurity piece and not from like a self-esteem place, but just like knowing that there's always more information to gather and observe like that's just the ultimate truth right Mm -hmm. yeah there's going to be information for us to gather till the end of time yeah because nothing's static it's all evolving and things are growing and and there's just so much to what do you remember how you first interacted with knowing your one three so i found human design i can never remember the year i remember where i was sitting i remember like you know all of that but it was either 2017 or 2018. I think it was possibly the end of 2017. Okay. Yeah. Not like that really matters, but accuracy. That's a similar-ish timeline to when I discovered it. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. about six years. And then ago. I went like hard into it. And then I mm-hmm. like quit my job and it was like a whole thing. I mean, for a lot of reasons, I quit my job, loved my job, but just it wasn't the right thing. And so anyways, mm-hmm. long story short, I was, it was years ago and I remember reading about the third line and being like dang it like that's really right and also I hate it 
Uh And also, that's really right. And the first line to me was just like so obvious, right? It's part of our reality. It kind of makes sense to us. And and so the first line, I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, we know this. Like, I'm a nerd. I, I love to read. I love to research. I've got a little bit of like, well, I don't know. You know, all that just made sense to me. And I and that was kind of surface level first line understanding too. I think it makes even more and more sense to me as the years went by. And I learned even more about the first line and all the characteristics and stuff. But just on the surface level, I was like, yeah, okay, I'm a first line for sure. And then the third line, I was like one of those things where I just didn't really want to accept that I was, but it was, it was true. So <laughs> true. Just like the trial by fire and the learning by mistake. And I don't know if you experience this too, but I typically get things right the first time I try it and I mess it up the second. 100%. So it's like, I get it. I'm like, oh, you know, make a, this has never happened to me in my life. For example, like make a half court shot on the first try. Yeah. I, if I were going to try and do it again, I would never make that shot again. <laughs> it's like, it's just, you know, the silliest things like, oh, I, I got this. I'm like naturally gifted at this. Maybe I'm a second line. And I, you know, knock it out of the park the first time and I go to recreate it. And that's when all the mistakes happen is the second and the third and the fourth time. And I'm just like, oh, but but then, you know, that's when it happens. But yeah, it's so so funny that you bring that up because I went to do archery for the first time last Friday and I killed it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't quite get a bullseye, but I was touching that little inner circle. And my partner, he's done archery before and I had never done it. And I was like, yeah, but like I have this big beginner's luck thing. This is not surprising to me that on my first time I would do great. But like when I come back, it's probably not going to be as good. And I've had that experience over and over and over again. I was just telling the story just this week about the first time I played poker. I did very, very well. And then I've never won ever again. Yeah, it's so funny. I just like think, <laughs> I think with the third line, people think the mistakes are going to come like right away or whatever. And I'm like, no, honestly, I typically kill it the first time. It's the second it's, time that gets me. It's sneaky that way. Yeah. But yeah, so I think I, I really resonated with it. And it was one of those pieces, like, I think from the get go that I didn't have any any qualms about really. I had to wrestle with other parts of my design, but the one three, I was like, yeah, okay, I'm the one three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that feels really familiar to me too. There's something that is like it's easier to love yourself for being a reader and a learner than it is to love yourself for making a lot of mistakes and having to try things and experience things and learn the hard way. Well, it's just like, I think when you realize, like when you read a piece of information about you that's like, you're designed to make mistakes. Like you are here to hit every bump in the road. And then that serves a great purpose because you find out what doesn't work and then you can share that with other people and blah, blah, blah. It's just like, okay, so you're telling me for the rest of my life, like this is how it's going to be. It's always going to be like this. I'm not going to like mature out of these mistakes that I'm making. Like, I mean, you know, we have all this human. So the mistakes I made when I was 15, I'm not hopefully not going to make the same kinds of mistakes. You know, it was like a 30 something year old. But, you know, they it talks about resiliency of the third line all this time. I'm like, but sometimes I don't want to be resilient. And sometimes I have to nurse my boo-boos and get a little sad about it. And then I know I'll get back up and try again because literally it's in my bones. You know, I have to. So, but yeah, there's just that little bit of like, Oh man, okay, forever, like forever. But then I think too, there is like a step. Once I started really experiencing or integrating and experimenting with my design a few years in, I feel like I kind of got to that place where everything was just 
what it was, you know? And it's like this, like a, like a, a state of acceptance around it that even though I didn't think I had a problem with it when I first heard about, you know, my one threeness, it still kind of triggers all those feelings, like all the things that you need to de- decondition from. And and so I think a few years into that, I really settled into just accepting being my profile. I wonder if every profile experiences that. You know, I think there's kind of something to reckon with no matter what really? your profile is. But but yeah, I do feel like I, it took me, even though I didn't have like an obvious problem with it, like I didn't hate being a 1-3 or anything like that. Like I didn't wish to be another profile. I still feel like the deconditioning process was happening and around some of those wounds and things that come with being a 1-3. And I really settled into it a few years after I found it. Yeah, I think you're right. There's definitely there's pros and cons to every element of our charts. You're right. When you said it, I thought, is there another profile I would love to be? And no, like I can't pick one that seems like the golden profile. I really can't think of one that I would feel that way about, you know, because they all have their quirks and their personality traits. Yeah, I think it would be really interesting to have a second line because I don't know if that's like I kind of I can spend a day in like another profile shoes. Oh, yes, definitely. Um, a day. I could sign on to any of them for a day. Yeah. But that's that would be such a fun experiment for us as one right, threes, right? right? That sounds like a very one three thing. And I think it would be kind of funny to be a four six, but it's funny because one three and four six are harmonic. So it's like you know the same type of insecurity and experimentation going on, just in a different way. Yeah. I think that would be fun. I really think that overall profile has been one of my favorite pieces of my design to really sit with and experiment with. I think a lot of people, when they find human design, they want to take action. They want to use it as a way to grow and rather than just kind of like, okay, settle into it and I'm going to let myself kind of grow naturally and decondition all this stuff. Like a lot of us are like, I know I did when I first found human design. I was like, okay, this time I'm going to make my life better because I'm going to live my design. I feel like the one three profile is very actionable for me just in general. And I think that with my first line, I know how to support myself really well because I understand my first line really well. And I know how to support myself when I'm like maybe going too hard in my first line, staying in research mode. I'm like, okay, well, I know myself really well. I'm going to have to ultimately learn what I need to learn by getting messy in this process. And to me, like it's so, it's one of those pieces of human design that's like so grounding because it is more actionable. And it definitely in those early days, I think I spent a lot of time like, okay, I'm going to, you know, do my thing and then I'm going to get messy. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to get messy. And now it's more like I'm just kind of living and being myself and and being a one three. But every now and then when I hit those like generator points and frustration and I'm just kind of feeling blah, I know I can always go back to supporting myself by digging into my profile again and leaning into those actionable pieces of being a one three. That makes sense. Yeah, totally. What you said about supporting yourself as a one line, as a three line, are there any specific rituals or routines that you have around that? What does that look like for you? Oh, man, I feel like my whole life of rituals and routines has just evaporated ever since. Okay. I, I was actually thinking about it the other day where I was just like, remember when I used to do like my cards and my crystals and my journaling? Like, if remember you did that? It's like. <laughs> I don't even know what I would do. And so I really need to kind of go back into 
figuring out what kind of ritual and routine fits my life now. It took me a while to get out of the the postpartum fog. I feel like I'm just kind of becoming a human again. That's <laughs> fair. Yes. But yeah, I think as far as my first line, it's more just like mental reminders and affirmations, like the cards, my card deck and everything like that was honestly my ritual and routine and the way I support myself was like is the card deck not necessarily I mean I use it obviously but before I even created it that's what I was doing in order to support myself was was affirmation and reassuring myself with information and knowledge and reminding myself who I was with my first line I have a tendency to get stuck in the like the I don't know enough. I'm not good enough. All my undefined centers, my undefined heart. I don't like, I don't and I can't of the things. And, and I always remind myself that it's okay to know more, to do more, to learn more, but that ultimately I'm going to need to step out. And I also remind myself when I'm feeling like all I see are the cracks in the foundation. I can really get stuck in that too. I'm not even seeing anything else. I'm just seeing the cracks, just seeing what's broken, what's not there, what's missing. And so just like, noticing when I'm feeling that sensation in my body, that overwhelm, that anxiety and being able to be like, okay, you're stuck in this place and integrate it with all the other parts of my design too and find where I might need to move some energy or spend some time and sit with myself. And then the third line, I have a hard time actually just letting myself make the mistake without judging myself for it. I know the sixth line is, you know, more concerned with perfectionism and everything, but there's this huge hindrance between this huge like this tension between the first and the third line where it's Mm -hmm. like you can't go yet because you don't know enough or thinking that the one line is like I should have the wisdom to save myself from this yes 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 sometimes I don't realize how much I'm holding myself back from actually getting into the process and letting go and embracing and learning through action and so I I always just whenever I'm feeling guilt or fear or self-esteem issues around just having to get messy and having to start being part of my process I actually just make myself do it I'm just like too bad we're jumping in (laughs) right just like close the door on your first line we gotta go and I just force myself to do it and through that and actually taking action is when I actually realize that there's more than the cracks that I'm seeing And that this is a really valuable part of my process. And like I was even thinking, um, I'm working with a new virtually assistant client, virtual assistant client, and I want to be great for them. And I want to be perfect for them. I want to do all this thing. And I'm like, but you're gonna, but you're gonna have to, and you're gonna have to navigate. And you're gonna have to like, like just go in and make the spreadsheet. And even if they pop in there and it's really messy and it's whatever, at the end, it's not gonna be, it's gonna be great because you do great work. I just have to kind of hype myself up sometimes to go through and be and let my process exist because I really do get stuck and hold myself back. And is it that self-talk piece for you? Like, is that the monologue that you're hearing in your head of, I'm just going to do this? Like, come on, we're doing it. We're starting now. Yeah. Is that what that looks like? Yeah. I love it. It really (laughs) is. It really is. That very specific thing happened today where I was, I'm like, oh no, we're, we're going in. And it was like this, it just, you know, went for it. Because, I mean, you just kind of have to. It's like the fear of getting into the pool when it's really cold. And I had like, a diving board in my mind. Exactly. Yes. Yes. The only way to be okay and to acclimate to the temperature of the water is to jump all the way in and not walk slowly. Yeah. If you tiptoe, it's miserable. You're freezing. You can feel every nerve in your body. But if you jump in, in like three seconds, you're warm again. So that's me. That's such a great analogy. 
How would you say that some of those one, three patterns apply specifically to how you run your business? How does that look like on the business front? Yeah, I think it's a lot of like starting and stopping. And like, I have so many discarded projects, like so many, oh, like this is the thing that's that I want to do next. And like it might have as a generator and as an emotional generator, more specifically, I think the third line process kind of goes really well with being an emotional generator because it gives me the opportunity to experience more things and gain more perspective throughout time and then like not be that bummed if it ends up not being what I need to spend my energy on or something like that. But yeah, if you were to go into my Canva account, there's hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of projects that are started, stopped, probably like a few ones that I will go back to eventually. But it's just that like kind of that back and forth. I got to try. I got to get in there. I got to, you know, do my thing. So I think that it's actually been really supportive as an entrepreneur to have the third line as part of my profile because part of entrepreneurship is just going for it. And in the same vein, that first line, like I remember when I started my account and I started giving readings and everything, I was encouraged to do so by a friend and a coach. At the time, I was doing something completely different. And I was like, but I don't know anything. And they're like, you know a lot. You're really giving basically like on the fly readings to these people in our group, like, I'd pay you for that. And I'm like, wow, okay. And then I remember starting my account and kind of getting into the human design world and being like really nervous, but like just going for it. And then I remember I made a post and I it was the heart center. It was like a graphic for the heart center and the triangle is the wrong way. And I was devastated. I was like, and I like didn't reveal it. Then, you know, weeks later, I, I get over it and I post something else. My account's gaining traction. I'm meeting all these people in the human design space. And like I made a mistake about something, specifically about profiles. Of course, I remember everything. <laughs> and somebody corrected me on it. And I was like, no. And then I went back into my like first line shell and read <laughs> like more and more and made, you know, shirt up my foundation even more so that I could go back out there and do it again. So it's just kind of right. like back and forth of like being messy, figuring out what I don't know, and then making sure that I, I do know it. Then, you know, that back and forth. Yes. Our Canva accounts, if they could speak to each other, <laughs> that they very much understand each other. Like all these lonely little projects. They're like, but what about me? Wait, wait, wait. Don't start new document. Yes. What about me? Oh, I love it. We are who we are. What are we going to do? That's <laughs> very true. One of those projects that you started is these affirmation cards, this custom human design affirmation deck. I'd love for us to talk about when I first messaged you about the cards, how this is like an idea that I chose to not action on. It's an idea that I had years ago that I never put out there. I never started a Canva document. So like it didn't go anywhere. It was just this tiny idea. It was always an idea for someone else and not for me. Mm -hmm. I remember thinking, I wish someone would make, not me, I wish someone would make a custom human design deck based on my chart. And each of the cards would have like things that were about different elements in my chart. And I wish that was a thing. And then I put that idea out of my mind and then I didn't think about it again. Then I was on Instagram one day and I come across your profile. And I see these cards and they're like exactly, exactly what I wanted to exist, that I wanted someone to put out into the universe. And you did. It's That's not like we talked about it. It's not like I was like, here, take this idea. 
at all. I don't know. I read, I always forget who wrote Big Magic. Yeah, Elizabeth Gilbert. Yes, that is correct. You're right. She tells the story in there about this story that she's writing that she abandons. She's no longer writing that book anymore. She gets a call from a friend. They're telling her about this story that they've just read. And it's like detail after detail after detail is the same. And she's like, how though? That idea that like ideas are basically freely floating around in the universe and choosing us sometimes and choosing other people other times. It's just wild to me. It's still wild. Every time I think about it, every time I'm, I'm holding the cards as I record these episodes, I'm thinking about just how beautiful it is. Crazy. Yeah. Ever since I was a kid, I just assumed that thoughts and ideas floated above our head, kind of on like a music ledger. Oh, okay. We went like super visual and just like floated around. And like sometimes we went up and grabbed it and sometimes and then threw it back. And like sometimes and if you didn't grab it, you wouldn't do it because I couldn't understand how people had the same idea at the same time. I'm like, you know, you're not in there. Like, and I didn't get that idea from anybody. So how did you have the same idea? Me? And it's crazy because yeah. my husband and I, he has a defined head and defined Ajna. And he and I literally think the same thing at the same time. And it's very weird. Like the exact same thing at the same time. We won't have talked about anything remotely close. And then we'll say the same thing at the same time. So I always just thought like thoughts and, and ideas were just like, that's how we had the same thoughts. I don't know. That was my very young way of rationalizing with it. But I think it's true because it's very strange. Otherwise, how would that happen? There's literal inventions that exist today that I thought about when I was little. And I was like, this should, this should exist. And it, it does now. I see commercials for it. I didn't make it. It's magic. It's got to be. The same time that I started my account, the same time my friend was like, you should do human design as your work, all that. I was like, okay, I want to do readings. And my big goal is going to be, I want to make an affirmation deck custom to people's human design. It has always been like, that's it. That's what I wanted to do. And it was so frustrating to me that I couldn't make it work. So years. So this was what I started my account in 2020. So that's like around then, probably more like, I think 2019 is when I started really thinking about it. And then when I was like, okay, I'm actually doing human design because I wanted it for myself. I'm like, I want, you know, I want these affirmations. I need affirmations. Like, that's how I want to know myself. That's how I want to support myself in my design. And anyways, so in 2020 is when I first started really trying to do it. And I couldn't, I couldn't figure out how to do it and it not cost like twenty thousand dollars and all of these things the logistics were horrifying and Mm -hmm. i was so frustrated by it i was like well if i'm a generator and i'm frustrated and i'm stuck and this is going nowhere i have to put it down and i was so scared that somebody else was going to pick it back up and that somebody else was going to do this thing that i really really wanted to do and i was like okay well that's some ego you know stuff (laughs) so also got to put that down generally just need to work on this whole situation so i put it down for Almost three years. Wow. Yeah. And uh, the whole time, though, I have this belief that if you put an idea down and it sticks with you, it's yours. If it doesn't, it's not. Which is also why I think we have so many Canva documents that are un- mm-hmm. We put it down and then it goes away. And so this idea, I was like, it has to be, it has to be mine because it's still there. It's still there. Six months later, it's still there. It's still there. I'm like, okay. Every now and then I'd plug back in and do some more research and still couldn't figure it out. And then have a baby in summer 2022, like, and then around, I want to say Thanksgiving, I get this like, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it. Just this like tightening and not tightening, like this feeling in my body. And within two months, everything was designed. Everything was written. Over 400 affirmations. Yeah, I can't remember. A lot. So much <laughs> more than that, actually, because I didn't use every single affirmation that I wrote. And I had a plan for how I was going to get them out into the world, which was the hardest part of the logistics, the part that was so frustrating before. It was literally, I researched for like a week. 
And it was one of the first things that I found. And I was just like, well, I want to keep researching just in case. And it was just the timing. And then January 2023 is when they came out. All of that, sending it down for three years. And then within two months, it all just... The right time. The right time. Not crazy. Very much. And I feel like that is very much like generator life in entrepreneurship too. Because sometimes it's just not, it's just not the right time. And that's so frustrating. Yes. Because you want it to happen and you want to, you want it to be the right time and you want to like get caught up in the excitement of it. And then when it's not the right time, you're just like, okay, I guess now I have to trust. Because, you know, you can't force it also. That's not going to work either. No, because if you send things out into the world through force as a generator, it's just going to end up being frustrating anyways. Yes. Something I've also experienced many times (laughs) as a third line. Do you have gate 34? Gate 34. Oh, man. I don't know. 34, the gift is power and the shadow is force. It's my son. I'm 34.1. Look at my chart real fast. Is that horrible that I don't have it memorized? No, it's not horrible. It's impossible. Plus, you have everyone else's chart details in your mind at all times. True. No. Oh, no. I know exactly where. No, but my mom does. Yeah. I feel like that was my, like, some, one of the gates that I really struggle with is my 54 and my undefined root and, like, that pressure to like achieve do often makes me I often succumb to that pressure to try and make things happen before they're, they're ready to happen. So we all. So we probably should have started here. I'm realizing this now, but that's OK. We're doubling back. This is another third line attempt. Can you tell everyone listening about the concept for the cards? I should have let you start there before I jumped in with the whole uh, story. No, no, I love it. The concept for the cards is that you if. <laughs> What are the details? It's 96 cards that include affirmations for your type, your authority, your profile, and all nine of your centers. And it's completely custom to those parts of your human design. So it doesn't have gates and channels. That I would love to figure out a way to maybe make like a separate gates and channels deck that you'd get like the whole thing for. And then you can kind of like, you know, throw the ones that you have into your deck. I don't know how to make that work. That's like part three. Part two is kids affirmation card. Part three is gates and channels. Part four is variable since it takes me three years to do each one. That will be in like what, 20? But 2040, give or take. Coming in 2040, guys. But yeah, so the the whole idea behind the cards is that you have a deck that's completely custom to your human design that you can pull a card every day and just work into your own rituals and routines. And they're all affirmations. I'm a big affirmation girl. My undefined heart mm-hmm. needs them. I know that they're not for everybody, but it's a huge way of how I support myself and, and my design. And so on the bottom of the cards are also prompts that you can ask yourself if you want to incorporate them into like a journaling practice or just even ask yourself in the beginning of the day and kind of like ruminate on, you know, that question throughout the day. The only cards that do not have prompts are manifestors. So if you're a manifestor and you order a card, there are no questions because that's not always conducive to a manifestor's process. So yeah, that's the gist. There is like each card also has the shape of the center, but it's kind of, it doesn't say like head center or it doesn't say, you know, spleen on all of that. So it's supposed to be like a little bit more under the radar. I never wanted them to be like a study tool. I don't want you to look at the card and be like, this is my undefined heart center. Like, I just want you to read the affirmation and sit with that. But for those inquiring minds, those first lines who might want to reference and and understand the part of their design that that is, those are on there as well. Okay. Very cool. See, I didn't know that because I only have the ones that relate to profile. I didn't see that element. What was it like embodying all of the aspects of the different possibilities 
especially for ones that are outside your own design? What was it like putting together the affirmations for all the cards? That was like a definitely kind of an exercise in trust in my first line knowledge, my third line experience. I've taught human design in course setting. And at some point, you just have to believe you know what you know and that what you know is valuable, right? It was honestly like drawing a lot from from being my one three self and trusting the knowledge that I had and also the experiences that I had to serve me in that way. I also was definitely really intimidated to write affirmations for manifestors. I want them to feel good for everybody. And I think that there's a lot of people that it's hard to understand how it feels to be them. And I don't want anybody to feel missed. Like I don't want the cards to be something that are like, oh, I read this today and it's supposed to support me, but instead it just makes me mad. But I also had to release <laughs> the idea that these would be the perfect tool for everybody and trust that whoever was drawn to buying these cards, that it was going to serve them a way that it needed to serve them. Mm -hmm. Even if like they got mad at a card one day, like that's not really my thing to control. And that could and does happen with any deck because I've certainly been incensed when I've pulled certain cards from other decks. So that's true. Everything was like a vortex when I was creating it. And it was like, I was so grounded. And so it was really wild. Again, not a manifester. Don't know what a manifester urge feels like, but I was just like, this has to be somewhat kind of similar because I am in this like creative vortex where I feel good and I feel grounded and it feels like everything's just streaming through me with all the perspective that I need. I definitely am not like that way all the time in my life. But this was like a very specific time of like this creative energy. It was like giving birth, it was like mm -hmm. creating and giving birth to something very 59.6 of me. But it was just so different than other times that I, you know, forced the creation of something. The only thing I can think of to describe it was that I felt like I was in a vortex and everything just made sense. I didn't struggle with the thoughts that somebody might not like it. Like I sometimes struggle with the thoughts of like, oh, Somebody might not like this thing that I made them or whatever. I didn't even struggle with that. It just, if it popped into my mind, then I was quickly settled by the truth that I knew. Other than the cards and the readings, what other things do you have going on in your business? I'm slowly, so, 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 so slowly working on center's guides for okay. mm -hmm. parents, but for kids. So I'm, I'm doing like a series, like a Instagram post, blogs, and then... The most in-depth part, like, you know, if you want baby information, you've got your little Instagram post. If you want mm -hmm. a little bit more information, you got your blog post. If you want Big Daddy, you can have a... Yeah. So I'm very slowly working on those. It's fun. My Undefined G is kind of shifting identities a little bit in like branding-wise with colors, mm -hmm. which I'm like sad because my cards are like the current colors that... And isn't it brand. when that happens mid-project? Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh man, I just like, I love these colors. Like, this project doesn't feel like those colors. And so I'm like having this like internal, you know, not battle, but like, I just have to keep reminding myself like, it's okay for you to use other colors. But maybe like you said, the cards for kids were phase two. Maybe phase two just has different colors. Yeah. Maybe phase two is just different colors. The cards for kids are going to be a version where you can color them. Oh, fun. For kids, they can color their own little affirmation card. Yeah. So there, but there will be a normal color version as well. So that's what I'm working on TBD on any kind of release date because as I said, there's it's a very slow process, just limited time. All the other things that I've got swirling are like, these could be cool, but I haven't ridden my wave enough or gotten into the third line messy process enough to like know if it's actually going to stick. So 
right now it's readings and cards and guides. That's awesome. Well, the reason we talked so much about the cards is because the cards are going to play an important role on this show. I am really grateful to you because when I was ideating this show, I was thinking about what kind of questions I would ask people that had different profiles and what kinds of topics we would cover. And I started worrying that all of my episodes with one threes, for example, would sound really similar or all of my two four episodes or whatever. And I was stuck on this for maybe two months of how am I going to make sure that every episode is different enough that it's not boring for people to listen to because it's just like the same interview over and over again. Then I thought about the cards and I thought, hey, what if I had like a special set of the cards that had each of the different profiles and I used them as part of the show and I had them as like a prompt and closing ritual for each of my guests. And so I reached out to you and I didn't want to come on too strong, but I was really excited. (laughs) Please don't go back and count how many exclamation marks are in those DMs. It would be embarrassing. So I sent you that message and I asked, like, would it be okay if I ordered a special set of the cards and if I used the cards in the show? And you were lovely and you said yes. And you were excited about it, too. They're working out so, so well. And they're becoming a really important part of the show and of each of the different episodes. I wanted to just say a big thank you to you. As listeners are listening to each episode, I feel like... People are going to get more and more and more excited and want a deck of their own. And I want them to be able to do that really easily. So um, for letting me use them in this way. And I am glad that I get to still help out with the idea and help push it out to the world. You know, I didn't need to be the creator by any means, but I do love being able to hold them in my hands and help other people get to hold them in their hands too. That's so cool. I also like how like we were universally linked to these things before we ever connected human, but we were just linked by this, this want and this need. Here we are chatting about it. And that's really cool. So glad you enjoy them. I mean, how could you not enjoy them? I need to order myself a deck that's like particular to my chart. So this is the very first time we're doing this on the show. We are going to pull a card for you. The cards I'm holding are from the one three deck, true to your profile. Let's take a deep breath in together and release. The card that I've selected today is what interests me guides me. What is stopping me? Does it feel safe to explore what pulls at me? Hate it. Love it. (laughs) Tell me more. Oh, you know, it's just like it's scary to put faith in what in what you like. And it's also like the most natural thing to do, I think, as a one three is to like just obsess and go for it. And I think that it's hard, though, again, talking about my undefined G, like it's hard when identities shift and things change and you have a new interest and it's like that whole like you start from a a clean slate of not knowing anything and only seeing how much you don't know it's just hard but it's a nice reminder to be brave in those things and and that what you like to do and what I like to do and what interests me is worth pursuing because isn't that what we're here for as a one three I think so so if someone's wanting to order a deck or connect with you where can they do that so you can find me on Instagram at globojuicehd, my web globojuice.com. And you can order the um, decks on Etsy right now. And all that is linked on both my website and my Instagram. Right? It's also linked in every episode of the show, in every bit of the show notes. So wow. it'll be very easy to, to cool. put your hands on your own deck. Yay. And there's a made-to-order version that is like printed for you and it's like official kind of tarot style cards comes in a little velvet bag and everything and then 
that's more expensive, but there's also a print at home version, which is more friendly to people who live in like Canada and overseas, or if you have more of a budget, you can print them at home. I've done it several times myself to obviously experiment with it and make sure before I was putting it out to all of you that it works well. Yeah, it was easy to print. I can say that. I did the the print version, but I think, and not to discount the print version because like it was very convenient up here in Canada yeah. to to do that. But I think when I order my own deck, I'll probably get the print version just because even though I did print it on heavier cardstock, the way that I cut mine out, I have these little frayed edges that Mm. are getting to me. And I know that yours have these beautiful rounded corners and I want those. They do. It's completely different. They're smaller. You're doing it yourself. But, you know, there's plenty of reasons why that might be the version that you need or want. But I do love my made to order deck. I was so pleased with how they turned out. So. If that's the version that you want, I definitely, I love them. Christina, thank you very much for being the very first guest here on the show. And thank you for your contribution to every episode. Cards have been very exciting. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for all of this and for using my cards and wanting to share them with the world. And it's just so cool. Like I obviously knew that people would pull them and ritualize them in some ways, but to have them be part of something like this, it's really neat. I love, I just love to see it. So thank you.